0: The first lesson from the Book of Wisdom. Wisdom is radiant and unfading, and she is easily discerned by those who love her and is found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known to those who desire her. One who rises early to seek her will have no difficulty, for she will, for she will be found sitting at the gate To fix one's thought on her is perfect understanding and one who is vigilant on her account will soon be free from care because she goes about seeking those worthy of her and she graciously appears to them in their paths and meets them in every thought. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
1: gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal himself." Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
2: That we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness through the mercies of Christ Jesus our Savior.
1: Peace and peace be to you this night from our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Please have a seat. I'm delighted to welcome you all this evening to Coral Evensong because we were in for a, a special treat, which is that, thanks to the generosity of some members of this cathedral congregation, we were able to commission David Conti, one of the wonderful church musicians of our, of our time, to uh, to compose a setting of choral evensong for enriching our worship in celebration of our bicentennial. And tonight, we got to hear the sneak preview, and I suppose it's the world premiere of the piece. Um, And uh, so I wanna first please extend my thanks to David for a wonderful, complex piece of music, and to the choir this evening, to our chamber singers for for doing such a marvelous job, and I know you all warned me that this was the first go at it. So by the time we get to November, it will be a magnificent piece of music. So thank you very, very much and to those of you who made it possible, thank you for your generosity. Our preacher this evening is a good friend of this cathedral, a priest of our diocese, the Reverend Gail Cantanella, who is the rector of Church of St. John's Episcopal Church in Youngstown, Ohio. So, Gail, welcome.
3: Thank you. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It was the start of a new term in hell, and the devil was giving an induction course to his latest batch of apprentices. There is no room for complacency, he warned them. You wouldn't believe half of what was going on down there on earth. People are getting more and more in touch with God. They're starting to see God in creation and even in each other's hearts. They're noticing God's action in the story of their lives. And worse than that, they're starting to realize how important it is to work for peace and justice. Things carry on like this, God's kingdom will come and then we'll all be out of a job. There was a long silence as the seriousness of the devil's message sunk in. The apprentices waited to hear what wisdom the devil could give them for dealing with this perilous situation situation on earth. But he could read the questions in their minds and he turned the problem over to them. So what are you going to do about this? He asked them. Any bright ideas? They scratched their heads, furrowed their brows. Come on, said the devil. I'm waiting. We don't have eternity, you know. Very tentatively, the first apprentice raised his hand. Sir, he ventured, why don't we just go down there and tell them there is no God? Sorry to disappoint you, but that won't work at all, the devil said. They seem to be born with something deep in their hearts that attracts them back to God. They often can't name it or even admit it's there, but sooner or later they have a moment and they know that God exists. You have to come up with a better idea than that. Crestfallen. The first apprentice sat down and the second one raised their hand. Sir, perhaps we could go down there and tell them there's no such thing as sin, so they have nothing to fear that it's just a myth. Good try, said the devil, but unfortunately that same bit of God, deep in their hearts, also tells them when they're going off course, they know if they stop to listen to that inner voice, that it is all too possible to commit sin. And they know when they do, they can feel so terrible afterwards until they put things right again. Deep in their hearts, they know what sin is and how hell feels. So think again. What about you, he said, turning to the third apprentice? What do you have to say for yourself? Well, replied the third apprentice slowly and thoughtfully, I've been giving this a lot of thought. You say it's no good saying there is no God or no sin. How would it be if we told them there is no hurry? The devil was delighted. Brilliant, he squealed. That is exactly what we'll do. You will go far, young demon. Well done. And so it came to be that the human race carried on believing in God and knowing about sin, but never doing much about it because after all, There's no hurry. We begin with this story from Margaret Sylph from her book of wisdom stories, which reminds us of the need to be passionate and immediate in our faith. Today we celebrate the feast of Anselm of Canterbury, a man passionate about proclaiming his faith in word and example as our baptismal vow commends. Anselm was born in Burgundy in 1033 and spent most of his life at the Benedictine Abbey of Beck, where he eventually became an abbot and was quite happy. In 1092, however, he was compelled, I don't exactly say what that means, but he was compelled to take the office of the Archbishop of Canterbury. He was a good administrator and a pastoral leader, but he was in constant conflict. With the kings of his time. And he even had to go to exile, into exile once or twice for his own safety. Anselm was also a theologian. He's the one who coined the phrase that theology is faith seeking understanding. Theology is faith seeking understanding. He believed we should think about God, wonder about God, so that we can better love God. His various positions are not so popular now, but he set an example of struggling to make sense of God in his own time and place that encourages us to do the same. I always love to hear stories about these people's lives, and Anselm, being quite beloved, was known for his kindness. He led by example, loving people into who God created them to be. He was a tender person who nursed the sick brothers in his abbey personally. He is said to have performed miracles, but more impressive was the person who he was, a good and holy man. There are two images from the readings this evening that, for me, lead us to a level of devotion and faith that was exhibited by Anselm. The first is that peace from wisdom, wisdom just waiting for us. So we don't have to go looking for her because she'll be there, graciously appearing in our paths and meeting our every thought. Wisdom just waiting for us. And then there's Jesus. Wedged in between dealing with doubters and detractors, he's telling us that really the burden isn't a burden. Really, the yoke is easy. Really, if we just trusted a little and relaxed a little, we'd see that we are being invited into something quite wonderful, love and mercy and compassion, (coughs) something we all can carry passionately and immediately. One of the opportunities that we've been given at St. John's has been to work with the Upward Bound program at Youngstown State University. Maybe some of you know that Upward Bound identifies public school students who have the potential to succeed in college and would be their first in their families to attend. This program provides extensive tutoring and mentoring throughout high school, four days a week after school, and several Saturdays a month, and a six-week residency program in the summer. This past fall, I was having lunch with the coordinator of the program. She was having trouble finding enough students in the Youngstown Public Schools to fill the program this year. A generous statistic is that only 10 percent of the kids in Youngstown Public High Schools are college ready at graduation. Ten percent. On top of that, the students that she found, students who were good and smart and motivated kids, couldn't complete the Saturday class because most had not eaten since the Friday lunch before, since their school lunch the day before, so they couldn't concentrate when I told her we would feed them lunch on Saturday, she started to cry. It might seem like a burden to feed 35 or so kids on a Saturday afternoon, but the real challenge was actually getting past the fear of Youngstown teenagers. (coughs) The few had ruined the reputation of the many, and my volunteers were anxious but it took only one meal to see the incredible goodness in these kids. We always have too much food. We usually make food for about 50, so that the kids can take food home. We have to-go containers and plastic bags. And when they take the food home, we hear the kids say, oh, good, now my little sister can eat, or now my granny can have something to eat today. We've seen kids say to us, we've had kids say to us, that no one has ever done anything like this for them before. Something this generous. I told them one time I baked a cake, and I said, and I was just teasing them, I said, I tried that frosting seven times to make sure it was just right. And they didn't laugh. Maybe I wasn't funny. But what they said to me was, no one's ever done anything like that for us before. No one's ever done anything like that for us before. They are as moved by our kindness as we are by theirs. I think Anselm would love this opportunity to feed scholars, meeting the basic needs of those who thirst for knowledge, of children trying to live into the gifts that God has given to them. It is easy to mistake sacrifice for burden. But when we offer ourselves to these kids, our time and our food and our conversation, it turns out the burden isn't just light. It isn't there at all. In the story I started with, the devil realizes the temptation of distraction, of allowing ourselves to believe that generosity and mercy and compassion can wait. Someone else will do it, someone else will fix it, Or maybe we can just pray about it when we find some time. Anselm, who nursed his brothers with his own hands, knew the importance of passion and commitment and personal sacrifice. Let us pray that we have the courage to recognize the needs of our world now and the gifts that God has given us to attend to them. Amen. Mm-hmm.
1: be with you. Let us pray. pray. O God, by your Holy Spirit, you give to some the word of wisdom, to others the word of knowledge, and to others the word of faith. We praise your name for the gifts of grace manifested in your servant Anselm and all of the theologians of our church. And we pray that your church may never be destitute of such gifts. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. O God, by whom the meek are guided in judgment and light rises up in darkness, grant us in all of our doubts and uncertainties the grace to ask what you would have us to do that the spirit of wisdom may save us all from false choices, and that in your light we may see light, and that in your path we may not stumble. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. O Lord, support us all the day long until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes and the busy world is hushed, and the fervor of life is over, and our work is done. And then in your mercy grant us a safe lodging, a holy rest and power at the last, amen. amen. I invite your prayers and intercessions, your thanksgivings and your petitions, either silently or aloud. John, Jackie, give thanks for the ministry of St. John's in Youngstown for their engagement of the community and the academy and for all those who are in need of the light of the spirit of that church and I ask your prayers for their rector Gale and their vestry and all of the people who minister in that place. Let us pray together. Bring us, O Lord God, at our last awakening into the house and gate of heaven. To enter into that gate and dwell in that house where there shall be no darkness or dazzling, but one equal light, no noise, nor silence, but one equal music, no fears, no hopes, but one equal possession. No ends nor beginnings, but one equal eternity in the habitations of thy glory and dominion, world without end, amen. Let us bless the
2: Lord.
1: May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And may the blessing of our God, one holy and undivided Trinity, be with you and remain among you this day and evermore. Amen. Amen.